What is up, People First Leaders? My name is Chris Lin, and I am your advocate and host for the Leading People First podcast, where we are set to transform the workplace. I'm happy you're tuning in and joining me on this journey as we talk about leadership and its effect on the employee experience. Thank you so much for downloading this episode, and be sure to hit that subscribe button to get new episodes automatically downloaded to your device. Now let's dive into this week's episode. Typically, when looking at the employee experience, I focus on leadership, purpose, values, and the programs that enhance them. However, there are so many other factors that go into the employee experience, I wanted to explore those. Even with me wanting to explore those different avenues, I never thought how the employee experience would also include audio. I got a chance to talk with Jody Krangle. She's a voice actor who since 2007 has worked with clients from major brands all over the world, including Dell, BBVA, and Kraft. Jody is also a singer, and in 2015, she put out her own album of jazz, blues, and traditional tunes. Over the years, doing what she does, she's learned a lot about sound and how it influences people. Her podcast on this subject is called Audio Branding, the Hidden Gem of Marketing. We talked a lot about how audio branding can be applied to the employer experience and how leaders can utilize sound to create a more positive experience. Now let's jump into it. Hi, Jody. How's it going? Thank you for coming on the Leading People First podcast. Thanks so much for having me here. It's going to be fun. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, right before we hit record, right? I mean, we, we ended up talking almost 30 minutes before <laughs> yeah, I know, we hit yeah. record. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> yeah. So first question I like to uh, start off with is, what does it mean to you to lead people first? Well, I like to lead by example, I guess. So for me, that's what it kind of means. And I don't know. I mean, like being a leader, you know, is it kind of has multiple, um, multiple ideas behind it. I would, I, I think leading by example is basically the important part of that in that yeah. I like to be a connector of people. So uh, if I demonstrate that, you know, uh, telling people that they should know each other is yeah. something to think about, you know, then yeah. maybe other people will follow that example. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but uh, it certainly helps. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, something that I, I admired as I was listening to your story and looking, you know, doing research for this podcast was how you really kind of forged your own path like you you did your own thing to get to where you are today by exploring by being curious so as we go into that you know i would love for you to share you know how you got to where you are today oh um curiosity and lack of fear and i don't say <laughs> i don't say like complete lack of fear because you know okay. we all take chances but taking chances whether or not you know the outcome, <laughs> that's overcoming fear, I guess. Yeah. So not being risk averse. Yeah. Basically. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. As a voice actor, I'm curious to know, what would you consider your purpose is in life? Uh, well, I like to be a part of the audio brand of my clients. So yeah. what I'm trying to do is make them more relatable to the people that are hearing them and make their product more attractive, their service more attractive, um, complete the overall sensory experience that their clients and customers are having with their brand. 
And I just love that part of it. Basically, I make other people money. (laughs) (laughs) And I like that part of it. I I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, being in business, we all want to make money, right? Like, Uh, it's it's helpful. (laughs) It's not the only reason you're doing it. But it certainly helps to make your business more accessible. You know, yeah. the, the, the why becomes more promotable if you have money to do that yeah. with. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It, yeah, make that relatability is a big piece mm-hmm. for sure. So you, you went into voice acting kind of almost, again, taking a chance and being curious about it. Um, and you've said that you found your previous work was similar to cutting and editing audio. So I'm curious, what was the most I haven't heard really, what was the most challenging part of that transition period for you? Mm. Well, you know, it's it's an uphill slog to go from one business to another. It's not, yeah. uh, it's not an easy thing. So, yeah, focus <laughs> needs to change. And there's a lot of learning. And in voiceover, I wear a lot of hats. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm my own audio engineer. I'm my own computer person. I'm my own marketing person. I'm, you know, uh, my own branding person. Uh, yeah. I had to make my own website to begin with. I, I had yeah. to work on SEO, which I had done in a previous uh, career. So, <laughs> so there was that too. Thinking of what URL you're going to to buy, what domain name are you going to buy, yeah. and and how future proof is it, right? Um, lots of lots of things, you know, and yeah. it it becomes a constant learning experience, really. And even now, I'm still taking coaching, so yeah. it's not just about the performance of the thing, because. Like, yeah, if all I had to do every day was sit and speak into a microphone, yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> but, but that's not my job. That's not yeah. my entire job. Put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 you know, as I started this podcast, I'm like, oh, yeah, like I get to talk to people and, and I for completely forgot about the post-production work. And that, <laughs> it's a, a big lot. deal. There, it is a really big deal. And I think that that's something that we forget about, you know, even in other jobs, right? Or even as, as leaders, mm-hmm. companies, as you have this kind of shiny star or, you know, whatever it might be. And, but you forget about everything that surrounds it, all the other extra stuff that surrounds it. And I think that, you know, from a leadership perspective, you might have this amazing leader, but you don't see all the work that that person has to put into it mm-hmm. to be who they are. Yeah. Um, it takes a lot. Right? You, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you see the final you see the final presentable product or yeah, product but um not yeah, not all the work that goes into it. Now, that's not to say that when you've done this whatever it is this is for a few years that you are starting to become profitable that you can't outsource. So, yeah. so knowing what you don't need to be doing in your day yeah. is another thing that is another hat, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> because, absolutely. yeah, you need to understand what are the essential parts of my job that I love to do yep. and that I want to continue doing? And what are the non-essential parts that may be essential to my continued business, but aren't essential yep. for me to do? Yes. And then yeah. you extrapolate from there and hire people yeah. or hire virtual assistants or hire a, a COO, I guess, or like, yeah. you know, whatever you need yeah. to expand. And expand doesn't mean 
that you hire 50 people. It could just mean that you hire other people to do the things that you don't need to do so that you can do more of what you do. <laughs> yeah, that kind of triggered in my brain. Um, Marcus Buckingham shares how we have red threads in our lives. And, you know, we might, um, what are the things that kind of keep us going? What are those things that bring us passion mm-hmm. and joy? Um, you know, and focusing on those yeah. and, and understanding that the, the threads around that those red threads uh, are necessary to the fabric of whatever you're doing, but um, you keep you know, you know keep that red thread in mind because that's what is going to keep you moving forward and, and motivating you. Yeah. What is your why? What do you love to yeah. do in your business? And and yeah. you should do more of that because <laughs> yeah. when you have a passion for it, then you you tend to do it well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Well, because that's what you practice, right? Yeah, <laughs> when you really exactly. like doing something, then you practice at it. I get coaching at performance for voiceover um, and even for some post-production. You know, like it, this is an ever-learning process and it should be an ever-learning process no matter what your passion is. It's it's definitely a process. And I think a lot of people forget about that is that you're constantly working on yourself or you, or you need to be, right? Mm-hmm. Is you know, something that I had in my own brain as we first started talking um, about having you on was I was like, oh, well, like, you know, uh, uh, voice actors, like they're set, like they, they know what to do. And uh, <laughs> right. Uh-huh. But as I as I started exploring more, I'm like, oh, no, there's actually a lot of work that goes into it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like there's a lot of learning that still has to happen. So, yeah, there is yeah. a lot. It, well, it's like anything, because if you have a passion for what you're doing, like I was saying, you know, being a voice actor and doing that for companies and and being a, a branding portion of what they put out into the world, that's important to me and it's important yeah. to them. And um, I am uh, aware of the importance of that for them. You know, I, yeah. I, I am as invested in their project as they yeah. are, really. And... And so that's part of my passion. But if I didn't constantly improve how I could come to that project, um, it wouldn't, I don't know that it would be particularly helpful. And also, as you're increasing your knowledge in any kind of a subject, you don't know what you don't know. So, right. so you need people on the outside to tell you the things that you don't know yet so that you can then practice correctly. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, because if yeah. you're practicing problems that you've had from previous learnings that aren't quite right, then you're yeah. you're practicing wrongly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you're just perpetuating yeah. what you did wrong before. Yeah. <laughs> so that's so funny because when I was taking piano lessons growing up, mm-hmm. right, it was always, you know, practice to perfection. But that was and then I didn't realize it. And I was like, OK, yeah, I'll practice to perfection. But my my practice habits were terrible mm-hmm. like absolutely awful I hear you um, I, I was a terrible piano student mm-hmm. by the way and, and it wasn't until I think I was in my teens when I was taking piano uh, one teacher was like you need to practice to get better I'm like not to perfection he's like no to get better like you need to f- find ways to improve mm-hmm. your practice or else you're just going to just be doing the same thing over and over again and it might not be the right thing so exactly yeah <laughs> So that's what teachers are for, right? In anything that we do. So going to your branding uh, and and your voice branding, right? So you're a voice actor where companies have used your voice to brand their companies because it can create like an emotional connection Mm -hmm. in our brains or it can help 
get that individual to a sale, sell or whatever it might be. So I'm curious, what ideas do you have for organizations to brand their employee experience, right? Because their employee experience itself is a brand for internally. It's, it's what draws people into the company. Sure. It's what keeps them in. So how do you think that companies can use that from an audio standpoint? Like what, what can people do or what can companies do? There are internal presentations that people can do for their employees. So there's music, there's sound effects, there's voice that goes into all of those. There's music that plays in the office. There's music that plays on the on hold. There's, you know, there's all sorts of places where audio can become a thing and it's unique to your organization. But what you need to do is relate it to how your organization is. So if you know what your why is as an organization, what emotions does that evoke? And not only do you want to reach your clients who will want what you offer, but you also want to inspire the people who work there to want to spread the news. You know, like the people who work in your organization should be your super fans, right? Yeah. Shouldn't they? I mean, oh, yeah. they, they're, they're supposed to be there because they believe in what you're doing. I mean, yep. maybe that's a simplistic thought process there, but you know, because <laughs> yeah. a lot of people just take a job because it's a job and I get that. Yeah. <laughs> but to inspire people to want to forward your why, you need to have a full-on sensory experience of who you are. And that's yeah. not just the visual, it's also the audio. I love that. That's like a whole nother level for uh, leaders to think about and mm-hmm. companies to think about. So the thought, the f- I think it's a thought, silly idea, whatever <laughs> you want to call it. So should leaders create like an audio bite for when they walk into a room? I think it depends on the leader. <laughs> and I think it depends on what, what, um, what the occasion is. <laughs> I mean, if you're talking yeah. about a public speaker... And, and them coming onto a stage to talk to people? Yeah, definitely. Have a music. Yeah. Have a piece of music that you feel is yours, that demonstrates who you are. Have someone announce you as if you're the next great thing, because yeah. why not? <laughs> you know? <Yeah>. Um, I <laughs> mean, you want people to be excited to hear you. Yeah. But internally, for the people who work for you, I don't know. I mean, it, yeah. if, you're, if you're looking at authenticity here, then you want to be like the people that you are working with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I had another idea just then as you were as you were saying that, like, you know, looking at teams and mm-hmm. being like the people you're working with. I mean, maybe instead of just starting meetings from now on, where you're just like, okay, let's get into the meeting, mm-hmm. let's get into the agenda. Like, as people are walking in, like having a song that the team picks out that they all like. Yeah. Um, and play it just to mm-hmm. get them in like kind of pumped up and in the mood because again that contributes to their to their experience and maybe it'll inspire them for the meeting it versus totally just being like does. Oh. yeah music yeah. really really influences us a lot so yeah. if you have something inspirational playing on you know in the music before something starts before a meeting starts i know um, virtual conferences that have music that plays before the actual speakers come on like just the the um, intermission music, I guess what you'd call yeah. it, right? And I mean, depending on what the feel is for your virtual conference, you pick different music, but you can certainly yeah. make it laid back or fun or funky or yeah. inspirational <laughs> or whatever you feel your 
conference or meeting should evoke. It's all about yeah. emotion. And music influences our emotions hugely. Did you did you get a chance to uh, check out the DC fandom virtual event at all? No. Okay. Well, I, I didn't. I, I and I only bring that up mm-hmm. because you you talk about virtual events and the sure, music yeah. and and I know that you're a, a bit of a comic book uh, fan as well. <laughs> yes. And so a card carrying <laughs> geek. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but apparently, I I did not a- attend it. I, I watched mm-hmm. a lot uh, or I read a lot about it, and they apparently did a lot of work to make it a more immersive experience, sure. even virtually. Yeah. And that that's something again you know, you have to think about what is the audience experiencing? What are your employees going to experience in this meeting? And what do you want them to feel? Yeah. Like, what is that impact that you want them to have? What do you want them to take away from it? And I think that that usually gets lost is usually it's like an executive leader or a manager or whoever might be just saying, I have information, here's an information dump. Mm -hmm. And, and, and now you know what, we're doing and it's like no not necessarily you have to think what you know what are the calls to action what are the emotions you're trying to evoke that's actually also a a part of that is also that these people who are calling the meetings and having these discussions with people should also be storytellers because if you're going to inspire people they need to relate to you and they need to know how this relates to them so you know, doing a data dump, it, yeah, okay, sure, the shareholders might be okay with that, but they're certainly going to tune you out <laughs> yeah. and then just get the paperwork <laughs> later. You know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think I think storytelling is a, a really good thing to look into, not necessarily because you want to become a public speaker, but because right. relating to other human beings mean, means that you need to actually speak to them instead of at them. Um, the thing that comes to mind is someone like Steve Jobs, right? Mm-hmm. Or like Simon Sinek or, or Brene Brown, you know, they oh, all have, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Like the, they're, they're these visionary leaders who have very distinctive voice styles, mm-hmm. th- their own way of conveying their message. And yeah. like you said, storytelling. So as, as we talk about leaders who maybe want to get better at that, mm-hmm. Do you have any tips or ideas that you can share to help them find their voice, maybe have it stand out or be unique? Well, I guess the first thing, yeah, yeah. I guess the first thing I would say is slow down (laughs) because we all, when we get nervous, have a tendency to speed up and people will lean into what you're saying when you put pauses in there, when you take a beat, when you give some thought to what you're saying. That also cuts out the ums and other interesting filler words because you actually (laughs) you've given yourself time to think. Now, I'm I'm bad about this, too. So, you know, by no means am I perfect as far as this is concerned. (laughs) But taking a breath and relaxing and thinking about what you're saying and talking to people instead of at them is. Yeah. You know, those are good things. And I know a lot of people have problems liking their own voice. And I think if you take that breath and you just relax into it a little bit, your voice will will start to have a bit more resonance. It actually, it will center you. It will allow you to fit more into your voice. Yeah, I I agree with you on that fitting into your own voice. I find that myself, Mm -hmm. um, I found that on 
as I've recorded this podcast and I go back and post and, and I listen to myself and I can tell when I'm, you know, kind of jumping ahead or <laughs> my, my mind is racing too much yeah. because my voice, right. Not only does my voice or do I speak faster, but my voice pitch gets higher mm-hmm. and I actually don't like that. Yeah. yeah. I don't think uh, anyone does, that. but we yeah. are, we are so much more picky about our own voices. Like I'm still yeah. picky about my own voice <laughs> when I do a project or something like that. But at the same time, real is better than perfect, like you've already said, right? <laughs> right? So yeah. people want real. People want authenticity these days. So it doesn't have yeah. to be perfect. And also, you're, when you're recording your voice, that's a filter. So someone's filter of their ear, hearing your voice, hearing the vibrations, is one filter. The, the recording is another filter. The microphone is another filter. So how are you actually hearing what's actually out there? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you just got to <laughs> yeah. give yourself a break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, yeah, we are so hard on ourselves. I mean, I had a question ar- around just how much we, you know, people are so self-conscious about their voices, oh, yeah. but you answered that. I mean, we, we need to just kind of lighten up on, on ourselves. And I don't think people are, most people are not going to listen to us and be like, oh, I hate the sound of that person's voice. <laughs> and you know what? Like, they sound... Even if they do, then this, you know, this podcast isn't for them then, <laughs> you know, yes. like, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yesterday we talked about, um, as we were chatting back and forth, we talked about how there's this misconception around leaders needing to be extroverts. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> yeah, tell me more about that. Talk, let's talk more about that. Well, I think there's a general misconception about the difference between introverts and extroverts in general because I think people assume that if you're an introvert that you're shy and you hate people and you don't want to be around them and, you know, yeah. and and and, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think that you need to be shy or not like people to be introverted. And I don't think that you need to be, you know, gregarious and, and outgoing and and love to be the center of attention to be a leader. Yeah. You know, I think you can be introverted and still be a leader. The only difference between an introverted leader is that they may have a limited amount of time they can be in the public eye. Yeah. So the difference between an introvert and an extrovert is how you regain your energy. And if you're an introvert, then you regain your energy by having peace and being alone and doing your own thing. And if you're an extrovert, then you regain this energy by being around other people and you gain energy from talking with people and being immersed in what they're doing and talking out ideas constantly and being in big crowds and stuff like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. Although right now you're probably at a disadvantage. <laughs> not the greatest thing to do now. <laughs> it is not the greatest thing to do now uh-huh. as an extrovert. I'm definitely on the higher end of the extrovert scale. Sure. And um, during this pandemic, especially early on, oh man. And still, I mean, even still, I struggle with yeah. finding energy, which thank goodness I'm doing these interviews because <laughs> this is a way for me to get that energy back. That's good. It really helps me. Yeah, yeah. It really helps me in that sense, but. It's so, it, that's so true. You need to really find ways that, you know, what, what brings you energy and focus on that, especially if you're going to speak to people. Yeah. That's a good one. And you can be an introvert and be a leader. There's nothing yeah. that says that just because you're an introvert, you have to be shy. 
I mean, I have been shy in my life, and I'm definitely an introvert. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, it doesn't mean that I can't go on a podcast or talk in front of people or go to a networking convention or something like that. Yeah. I just have a limited amount of time that I can do that for before I feel drained. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I need to go away, recharge and come back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it Absolutely. doesn't mean I can't do it in the first place. So yeah. I don't think that you have to be one or the other to be a leader. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you that it's not a, uh, it's not, should not stop anyone or should not discourage anyone mm-hmm. from being a leader regardless of whether or not they're introverted or extroverted. Yeah. Absolutely. Shyness is a different thing entirely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. you, you can still be shy and, and be a leader. Definitely you can. But if yeah. you need to spend a lot of time in front of other people and talking with other people, then it's probably something you need to work on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's more of a skill. Yes, than, but it is. It's a learned like skill. Totally. And, and I had to learn it. <laughs> so yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. So with, uh, with voice acting, right, uh, looking at your work, you're definitely more on that advertising narration side rather yeah. than animation, which is something I personally like. <laughs> this, is just kind of a, this is just kind of a fun question. Sure. Um, and again, going back to you being a comic book fan, a, a card-carrying geek, mm. is there like a show or a project that you would love to do? like from an animation or maybe a, a comic. Oh my goodness. It'll never happen. Side. It'll never happen. But I would love to be a character on Dragon Prince. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> That's such an awesome show. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Um, any of the Avatar stuff was so much fun. I just like, yeah. like the animated Avatar, yeah. not the, the movie was a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I love that kind of stuff. Um, here's a, a weird one. Maybe. Uh, the new Voltron, I thought, was fantastic, okay. and I would have loved yeah. to have been on something like that. But again, you know, like it's not really my focus, so yeah, so it doesn't surprise me that I never saw anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not; it's never been where I where I spent my time auditioning. So yeah, yeah, and in those <laughs> cases, in a lot of cases, you need to be in LA. And I am probably about as far from LA as you can be. Well, well not yeah. as far, but pretty yeah. far. <laughs> I mean, you're. I mean, you're. You're outside of Toronto. Yes. And right. You're. You're. Yeah. It's. It's so far. Yeah. I mean, well, you're not even in the big city. You're well, yeah. I'm like north. I it. could drive to the city in nah, an hour. You know. Yeah. Yeah. If I really wanted to go there, which I don't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Our our traffic's pretty awful. It kind of rivals L.A. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't imagine. It's bad. Uh, but by the way, when when I come visit the Hockey Hall of Fame one day, mm-hmm. I will. I'll I'll give you a ring. Please do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> grab some grab some Tim Hortons or something. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good city. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, we lived in Maine for a little bit, oh, yeah. and um, I mean, literally a little bit. We were there. I was there for work. We tr- I transferred out there for nine months, and oh, we nice. didn't get to go to Toronto. I was really sad. Mm. Do you have any favorite voice actors, people that you look up to? Oh, um, you know, there are there are so many, and for different things, I. It's almost like I I hesitate to mention names because, yeah. you know, like the people that we know that are all animation people are like the famous ones. And they're right. all hugely talented. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm not saying there's anything, you know, that they're not doing that they should be doing. They're doing great. And 
and they're hugely talented and they have multiple voices in their heads and they can <laughs> do all this at, uh, you know, it, just amazing speed and, and yeah. with amazing skill. And that's fantastic. But, you know, I admire the people who are doing the commercials and the e-learning yeah. and the audiobooks and, you know, all of these people who work really hard, who are the working class voice people who yeah. are just making a living and doing really well, you know, and, uh, you know, names like we're voice unders, really, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like we yeah. I, I kind of I don't need to be up front there. That's not where yeah. I need to be. And and the people yeah. who are making a living and doing this and just loving it every day don't need their names out there either <laughs> yeah so that goes to just show right like some people or you know even a lot of people are doing this amazing work and they don't need that recognition yeah and that's something that i think you know companies and organizations and leaders need to recognize is that you have a lot of people who are doing this and they're not doing it for the big shiny award mm -hmm. or having their face put up right or you know a lot of people shy away from that um, I've worked with a number of them where I'm like, oh my gosh, like, can I please like share this with the rest of the company? They're like, no, I, I don't want that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's really important to. They do it because track. they believe in what you're doing. Yeah. You know, like I have said no to several clients who've approached me, potential clients. I, I say no to work all the time. Yeah. But, you know, what I do work on, I care about. Yeah, that passion, it goes a really, really long way. Mm -hmm. And I think it's something that's incredibly understated. You know, no matter where you work, you know, that passion and instilling passion in others to help them find passion in their work is something that is difficult. But if you can do that, mm -hmm. that goes so, so far. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you're going to do anything in your life, why not do it with passion? Yeah. I mean, yeah. really? Otherwise, I mean, otherwise you're just kind of like, eh, like you're just, yeah, you're just coasting run. through like, life. You know, that's yeah. not fun. It's yeah. not fun. That's the yeah. thing, right? Like yeah. it's just not fun. Yeah. Life is we too have short. Fun. Have fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So going back to, you know, to the, to audio and the workplace, some, something I am curious mm -hmm. to talk about is you've shared how um, audio has the strong neurological ties in our brain. So, I mean, like, how do you think, you know, we, you touched on it a little bit, but how do you think that companies can really use that to their advantage, you know, not even just from an employee standpoint, but just, again, from an audio branding standpoint? Well, I think it depends on what your why is as a company. We've already talked about that. But also yeah. um, how pumped up you want people to be when they're in your establishment. So if people are working... I mean, you know, first of all, you need to know who your workers are, who the people are that are working for you and what best way they like to focus. So yeah. there are people who love to have music and everything blaring at the same time and they get tons of work done when that happens and they just, you know, they can tune out anything that's going on around them. The whole open concept of a of a <laughs> yeah. workplace that you know i'm sure that someone thought oh this person likes this so everyone must like this yeah well no they actually don't <laughs> so there are people in your organization who are going to prefer peace and quiet and need absolute yep. silence so really when you figure out how your people like to work best and i mean now we're all at home for a lot of this so you can even figure that out easier <laughs> because you just ask your people, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, 
talk to your people and figure out how they want to work. Mm-hmm. That is something that is so overlooked. We often, or I, I shouldn't say we often, but a lot of organizations and leaders, they kind of make these assumptions and make these jumps mm-hmm. or they hop on those trends, right? They're like, oh yeah, like this is popular. So it must be good. Yeah. I mean, when I worked for, I actually worked for a commercial furniture company mm-hmm. and they had like you have it right now as I you know, your studio booth, mm-hmm. they had these modular offices because they were, people were finding that this open space concept just was not, it went too far. Mm-hmm. It didn't work for everyone. It got too loud and too disruptive yeah. and people needed this quiet, quiet space, not only just for themselves, but I mean like just places to like take calls. Yeah. Right. And yeah. now, I mean, now they even have ones that are large enough to have meetings in, which is ironic to me because they <laughs> tore down all those meeting spaces to have this open space concept. Yeah. And now they're building modular, <laughs> they're building modular meeting spaces. Well, I have to think that they're treating the walls a little bit so that the space yeah. is a little more um, sound treated and soundproofed. So, yes. mm, yeah, I mean, having that to enhance what you're doing as opposed to distract from what you're doing is yeah. is is key. You know, like if you need to pipe in calming music, if you need to pipe in like, uh, you know, pumping up music, depending on what they're doing, yeah. you know, you can influence you can influence people's emotions by what they're hearing. And uh, one of the people that I talked with had done a white paper with a scientist. He was a psychologist, and he'd done a white paper with a scientist where they had examined how music or sound in the healthcare environment actually helped people recover faster. So depending on the sounds that you hear, in a normal hospital, you're hearing beeps and bings and alarms and all this sort of stuff, and it's very stressful, not just for the patients, but also for the people who are recovering uh, or the people who are uh, yeah. helping them recover, like the doctors and the nurses and the staff, that you know, cleaning staff, like everybody, they're all stressed. <laughs> I mean, yeah. obviously, a hospital is not yeah. somewhere you go when you want to be calm. <laughs> However, <laughs> it will help people recover quicker if what they're hearing is a little more relaxing. If yeah. what they're experiencing in general is more conducive to a healing environment. I mean, that's why people say they recover so much better at home, right? <laughs> yeah, that home environment, you're comfortable with where you're at. It's familiar. Mm-hmm. It's something that that is a, I'm struggling to find the word right now, but it, it grounds you essentially yeah, yeah. In, that, in that area. Yeah. I mean, it, that also kind of <laughs> makes me think of, you know, some of those movies or show, TV shows where they characters have brought their home into the into the uh, hospital bed mm-hmm. or hospital rooms and they they heal faster because they they feel like they're at home yeah and I, I wonder if there's a sense of, of truth to that I'm sure there is sure but, um, yeah. yeah but it also has to do with the sounds you're hearing while you're there you know yeah so. absolutely well thank you so much uh Jody it's been so this has been so fun <laughs> uh, I wish we could talk I mean I, I'm sure we could talk for hours <laughs> <laughs> probably <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, where can people find you? I am at voiceoversandvocals.com. And that's my voiceover stuff. And there is a tab off of there that goes to my audio branding podcast. But if you want a direct link there, it's to audiobrandingpodcast.com. Awesome. Well, Jody, thank you again so much. This was a lot of fun. Thanks. I appreciate your having me on. Thank you again for tuning into this episode of the Leading People First podcast. 
I had such a blast talking with Jody, and I hope you really enjoyed our conversation as much as I did. Jody sparked a lot of ideas in my mind on how we can use audio to enhance the employee experience and really make a mark on it through audio branding. Maybe this interview gave you some ideas to take back to your team or company. And don't forget to check out the show notes if you want to connect with Jody or learn more about her work. By the way, check out her voiceovers and vocals website. Your mind will be blown. If you like this episode, make sure you hit subscribe and write a review. Maybe you know someone who needs to hear this episode, so make sure you share it with them as well. I'm glad you're joining me on this journey exploring how leadership affects the employee experience. Keep leading people first and stay awesome.